It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. And joining me now, Gianna Caldwell, host of Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell, and as he often says, a sworn enemy of PC culture. Gianna, growing up from extreme poverty to where you are now, my friend, and the work you've done and the tragic loss of your brother Christian in a, in a drive-by shooting, in a, in a random shooting, wrong place, wrong time in Chicago. Uh, you've seen this at a level many Americans and too many Americans see, but you have a platform. So let's start there. Uh, one, how are you doing? I know this is still and always will be rough on you and your family, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's been rough. My brother uh, Christian was murdered on June 24th on the south side of Chicago, 114 South Vincent's to be exact. And since then, I've been fighting for justice, not simply for him. He wasn't the target, but other families across the nation. And I'm so thankful to work for a network, work network who respects and encourages that and is willing to lend me the platform to get justice for family. So it's been a mission. It's been a passion. And it's something, an assignment rather, that I would have never wanted, but God gave it to me. And here I am going to do the work necessary to see that there's justice brought for my little brother as well as other families across the country. Yeah, there are a lot of little brothers and sisters and parents, uh, friends out there. Who, who know your pain. And tragically, that's growing because we have a growing crime crisis in America and politics right. and policy collide on this. You went to Washington, D.C. to talk to lawmakers, Congress, members of Congress, House and Senate, about this growing crime crisis, which is not a fantasy, the data, the tragedies, the stories, uh, the facts are out there. What did you encounter? Well, I hope you have the audio to play that uh, because we got Jerry Nadler, uh, Congressman Nadler. We got Aline Omar. We got Monique Presley. We got Chuck Schumer. Uh, and we got Danny Davis from Chicago who said something that was interesting and horrifying to me at the same time. Uh, because I couldn't believe he believed what he was saying, but he certainly did. Uh, so do you have the audio, David? We we don't have the audio since we talked we a few minutes audio. before okay, the show, but okay. uh, let, let's walk okay, people through up. this. And we'll make sure, by okay. the way, the story's out there for everyone, because if you search Gianno Caldwell, by the way, for anyone out there, G-I-A-N-N-O, you will find this story and the video, which is right. even more... Uh, more descriptive, obviously. Go ahead, Channel. Yeah, and it's on the Fox News Channel homepage right now if you want to take a look. I went out to D.C. because the crime crisis with the defund the police movement, uh, many other movements in which they've demoralized, and when I say they, I'm referring to the Democratic Party who went all in on this. They've demoralized our police. Police officers are retiring at a record pace in Chicago, as an example, they're about a thousand detectives down to handle the murder case, workload case, uh, case workload, I should say. And it's become a very troubling set of circumstances all across the country. So I wanted to talk to Democrats and Republicans. I spoke with Kevin McCarthy, uh, Burgess Owens, and many others about what's going on in the country. And not to my surprise, because I knew Republicans had solutions, 
to what was going on. But Democrats, complete silence. I'm asking Chuck Schumer questions. He don't want to have a conversation. Elon Omar, don't want to have a conversation. Can you comment on a crime crisis in America? Monique Presley, don't want to have a conversation. And I know why they don't want to have a conversation. 77, 77% of the country see crime as a major issue. They're losing on that front. And they recognize that the midterm elections is right uh, before us, and they have exacerbated the, the, the situation with crime in America. As a matter of fact, they've thrown fuel on the fire, and they've allowed a lot of this to happen through their encouragement. Criminals now fear the police in the judicial system, situation, system rather less because of what has occurred. And they're, they've, they've led to the murders, I think, of many people in this country because of what they said. Politicians have a very big microphone and a platform. And when you use it for good, good things happen. When you use it for what I would consider to be evil, what we've seen is the results of black people, black bodies, Hispanic, white, and everything else dying in the streets of America. So they needed to be held accountable, and they told me what their response was, which was no response at all. They don't care. You know, it was sadly not shocking and i want to walk through some of your uh, your engagements with these congressmen again this story which by the way will also be on our show twitter stream at sirius xm patriot the story's there it's on the front page of foxnews.com let's start with danny davis and at least he talked to you yeah, correct me if i'm wrong one. the only democrat who would actually respond to you while char uh uh, Senator Schumer, Ilan Omar, and others, uh, Gerald Nadler, would not respond. Yeah, they they didn't have a, a response, a reaction to what's going on in the country. They did not. But Danny Davis, who's on the west side of Chicago, he's been in Congress for decades, and he said something which was extremely bizarre. I asked him what kind of job did he think Mayor Lori Lightfoot was doing. And Kim Fox. And I'm thinking he's going to say, look, we need to do better. Like, things aren't great right now. Uh, maybe he didn't want to necessarily criticize them directly, but things clearly aren't great. Most Chicagoans know it. Unless they live under a rock or a penthouse somewhere with a thousand bodyguards, they know that Chicago is in a very tough place and it's only gotten worse under Kim Fox and Mayor Lori Lightfoot. He said that he believed that both women were doing a great job. I said, What? He said that he believed they would re-elected, be reelected, and I said, that's frightening to me to hear that. I just couldn't believe it. It sounds comical if it wasn't so dangerous. The, that, and again, I said it in my opening, some of the responses don't shock me, Gianno. Uh, they parrot the line in spite of the data. You, you know, going back to what you said about the need for a thousand detectives just to work existing cases, and cases grow every day. When you do yeah. quick math, any one of us can do quick math in our head. That's pretty much an impossible situation to get resolved. And at that point, like yourself, other residents are not getting the service. They, they sometimes never get a resolution. Uh, they're not powered in just a point. They just don't care. Yeah, they, they really don't care, and that's where the problem lies. You have, in Chicago, as an example, it was a report that came out in January, this past January, where they said from 2021 up until that point, almost 300 children, we're talking 16 and below, 
have been shot and or murdered. 300 in the city of Chicago in one year. That's insane. And that's what a good job looks like? No, sir. Absolutely not. I mean, I would run for mayor if, if, if it wasn't for me trying to get justice for my brother at this particular moment. Because what I'm seeing right now isn't just unfortunate. It's caused to the loss. It caused the loss of life. It is policy violence is what uh, Monique Presley called uh, student loans. But I'm going to say policy violence when you're saying defund the, the police, when you're implementing the Safety Act, which is going to be enacted in January in Chicago, allowing for the first state in the nation to go uh, no bail. So you're going to have people who won't be detained for things like second-degree homicide. It's dangerous, David, what we're seeing across the country, but especially in places like Chicago. And Danny Davis should know better, and apparently he still supports these two women who has caused the loss of life, in my opinion, uh, by many, many individuals across the city of Chicago, and they need to be replaced. Many of the people, you or just about all the Democrats, I'll separate the two because I also want to talk about uh, the real possibility of Republicans, if they take the House, enacting, not talking about, but enacting uh, solutions or in whatever way they can help. But Ilan Omar, who stood proudly and said, we need to defund the police. Uh, you mentioned uh, Congresswoman Presley. Uh, you look at the squad writ large. You look at Chuck Schumer ignoring, saying there is no crisis. Gerald Nadler walking away into the elevator, not caring to set up a meeting. You know, what about their, what about their solutions? Are there any they didn't have any for me, and I imagine Democrats don't have any generally. I believe it was reported out uh, once that Nancy Pelosi in, informed her delegation not to talk about crime and violence. I believe that was uh, something that was reported at some somewhere uh, recently. So if that be the case, if it is in fact true, it makes sense why they wouldn't answer the questions because it looks it doesn't look too good for them, and this is. The polling, when it, when asked, is crime a, a, a major consideration? Is that a major problem? You got people like Latinos who view crime as the number two issue that they care about. You got Democrats and Republicans uh, and independents across the country who uniformly believe that crime is a major, major issue. And it's one in which Republicans went on by, what, 15 points? I think it was the Washington Post poll they showed that i mean that's major and democrats are going to pay the price at the at the polling box as they should because they've caused a lot of damage to this country it's not just inflation and the economy which are two really important and major issues it's the safety and security of the citizens of cities suburbs and rural areas across the country as senator uh we call him coach the senator tuberville he was even saying, look, this isn't just in urban America. It's happening in, in neighborhoods that my friends live in, in rural locations, in the suburbs. And he was very clear on that, and I think most people are seeing that. This isn't just a problem in the black areas anymore. It's everywhere. It's, it's the crime crisis is occurring in America. My guest, Gianno Caldwell, Fox News political analyst and uh, host of Out Loud, uh, with Yana Caldwell, among many others. This piece is, I think, so crucial now at a time when Americans are making choices. Uh, just 
And to draw a contrast and what you talked about in your report, Giano, uh, this is policy over politics. But unfortunately, the politicians make the policy decisions in these cities, as right. we're describing and discussing. And this, the data and statistics, as you referenced with uh, Tuberville, is clear for all to see. But there's a contrast where uh, that proves your point even more. And that's in Wilmington, Delaware, where they have a, a Democrat mayor who has refused, yeah. uh, Wilmington Mayor uh, Mike uh, Perzicki, Perzicki, that's it, Perzicki, uh, has refused to go along with the defund the police movement. And the policy decision has taken a city that was once uh, a murder town or dubbed the murder town USA in 2014 down 50% in murders compared to a record high in 2021. So it's policy, but it's being driven by these politicians. And, and I gotta say it. I saw that story uh, earlier today. He should be applauded for that. Uh, and Democrats should take a page from his, his playbook. Yeah. It, just common sense we're not going to defund our police department are you crazy like i mean that that should have always been the response when the press heard defund the police that should have been their response but that's not what they did they egged on the politicians and kept bringing them on and on uh on air more and more versus just considering to be like one of those crazy politicians that you don't want to give any more airtime to they didn't do that so what what's the layout for the rest of the country we're looking for solutions i'm interested in solutions to what's going on. And if there's anybody listening right now and you know of a town or a city, a location, a locality, I should say, that have successfully uh, had a decrease in crime and they've implemented some form of policy to do so, please reach out to me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And that's at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O, Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. I'm doing more and more stories like this, and I want to make sure that as we're thinking about our family members, our friends, our loved ones that we've lost over violent crime in the in the country, we want to keep those families in our prayers and get justice for them, and we want to ensure that it never happens again. And whatever policy solutions are out there, I want to hear about them. So please yeah. reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear that. And we want to see more of that across the country. You know, the data that we, you and I talk about and these tragic crime rates and the random nature of crime plus an empowered, uh, I don't know if empowered is even the right word because power's in there, but, but you have more and more people and unfortunately more and more blacks because I watch the videos. You, you can't ignore the evidence before us. Uh, and while there are various reasons for their situation, the end result now for them that comes out in the data is the random nature of crime. Beating a woman in a subway in New York to where she loses yeah. uh, use of an eye, and we just still don't know the final outcome of that. Uh, shooting, a random shooting on a Bronx street yesterday. The picture's out. I'm looking at the picture. What's the commonality here? Uh, go Going through a Wawa in Philadelphia en masse and destroying the store. Black youth. Look, I'm not there's crime and crime is economic in many ways. Poor whites uh, commit crime uh, not because they're poor, but because they're cr 
criminals and whatever reason, Asian, black, it doesn't matter. Crime is crime. But in the black community, we're seeing a percentage that is, if you compare it to COVID, that's a real pandemic percentage-wise. And I mean, it's an epidemic of violence that ruins your life because even though you get let out of jail on the charges, when you go to an employer, if you ever go to an employer for a job, your record exists. Yeah, that's that's right. And it's uh, it, in some cases with people who committed crime and they now have these records, a lot of times if they get the one no, then they just go back to a life of crime. They recidivize. And that's another issue. But we got to also be honest. Is I grew up in an environment where they said, well, if people just had jobs and opportunities, they wouldn't commit these crimes. But the truth of the matter is we got about 11 million job openings in this country. They've lowered the standards for many of uh, many positions in this country, meaning you can have a background, uh, maybe in some cases people who are active, you know, weed smokers or whatever the case may be. They just want people, and you still have a hard time finding the people. So I'm not necessarily sure if I buy the economic argument as much as I used to because you got opportunity right before you. Go ahead and take it. And for those who want to take it, they got plenty to look through, plenty of job opportunities. So, you know, we got to be able to have an honest conversation when the facts don't back up uh, what we've been told our entire lives about crime and the reason by why people commit crime. Some people do it just because they want to. Some people, you can't necessarily, they can have second chances, sure, but they're going to fail at the second, third, fifth, and you got to throw the book at them and you got to make sure they stay in jail a long time if they ever get out. Because there's some people who legitimately cannot be rehabilitated. And that's the hard truth. I know it's hard for people to hear, but it is absolutely true that some people can't re- be rehabilitated. That's why they have to be very careful with these bail reform laws. It's one thing if you jump a train style, uh, turnstile, you go and you don't pay the $2 fare, or maybe you steal some food from a grocery store or something like that, perhaps. But for some of these other things, like very serious offenses, like kidnapping, arson, second-degree murder, and many other things that are going on in Illinois, that's not right. And it's only going to lead to more and more crime, more serious offenses. You won't even be held in the state of Illinois on January 1st due to the Safety Act if you have fentanyl. You can bring in enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman, and child in the, in the country, and it would be a non-detainable fin- defense, uh, offense, I should say, in Illinois. That's not okay. None of it is okay. Let's talk about possibility for solutions from the the D.C. Uh, Republicans. Uh, you spoke with uh, Kevin McCarthy, with Elise Stefanik, the conference chair. What did they offer as a path or as any possible solution? They say the commitment to America, they're going to be scoring DAs across the country because they're getting federal dollars. So, they're going to have a scoring system in place. I'm not sure if that's to uh, say you're not going to get any federal dollars or at least they know what the score is for those who aren't actually enforcing the law because you're talking about funding that's going to be coming from DOJ, FBI, uh, that kind of thing to, uh, to, to, to pursue violent crime and crime in general. And if these folks like Kim Fox, uh, the Cook County State Prosecutor, if people like her are undercharging cases, which she is, and the undercharging cases is someone can steal your car 
and drive it off, and they'll charge it as not even as a stolen vehicle, a lesser offense. So the person either may not have to go to jail or they may just be on house arrest. So those those things are an issue. It exacerbates the problem, and it certainly creates a mentality within criminals that they have nothing to worry about because the DAs really have their back. They're seemingly the 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 detective, not detective, but rather the defense attorney for the criminals is what a lot of people are seeing. And some criminals feel that way as well, because they know they happen to know some of the laws better than your everyday citizen, because they need to know how to skate around it. So they believe scoring system, they believe that they're going to be able to press, press in on the DOJ on a number of these issues. And that was more so the conversation that I got from them Hopefully we'll see some really concrete plans before the midterm election. And that means we're going to see how that process will work. What would it, what will it look like? So the American people have a full understanding of it before they go into the voting booth, because we need to turn this thing around. I think Republicans will take the majority in the House. I do believe that they're going to take it in the Senate. I know it's you know a tougher proposition in the Senate, but I do believe that it's going to happen because the American people are fed up well, what they're experiencing, whether it be inflation, the economy, crime, or any immigration, that's another big, big issue. They're concerned about what's going on in their country, and they want it to come to an end. They need to put checks and balances in place for the Biden administration because, I mean, you see what's going on on a daily basis, and not a lot of people are happy with what they're seeing. Yeah, look, I'm even, uh, I guess I would use the term, uh, curious or somewhat cynical of, of what the GOP is saying. I saw that clip. If money is sent out in the budgetary year, they can't roll that back. If they're going to go to DOJ, they're going to have to wield the power of the purse uh, to get DOJ, the relevant authority, to act. So there better be some right. state and federal cooperation or it's just political statements. Like you said, I want to see details. Tell me the path yes. that you have to actually force and action not just put it on paper that's right that's 100 percent right my friend uh we got to get together soon off air no i would love it i mean dinner would be great uh you've been a friend of mine for many years and i thank you for your love your support when my brother was murdered you reached out right away and said how can i help and you did in fact help so i'm so thankful to you and if folks again if you know of any story uh solutions in the country to reduce violent crime or if there's a story out there a family who needs help and they're not getting any answers from the police or the local politicians do reach out to me on uh social media that's instagram twitter and facebook at giano caldwell g-i-a-n-n-o caldwell c-a-l-d-w-e-l-l thank you so much david Thank you, Gianno. Thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Crime crisis in America, but how did we get there? And then, as Gianno and I discussed, the path to solutions. We're here. We're there. Some policymakers aren't going to change their minds. They're going to make excuses. They're going to demand uh, that the population go along with it. But we gave you a contrast. It's the policy. The data is the result of the policy. The murder... The crime in any form is the result of the policy. The subsequent crimes by repeat offenders, the result of the policies and the prosecutions or lack of it. 
join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.